Hi, I'm Ray DeBicke, and this is the Urbanist Podcast, where we discuss news, information, and ideas about improving cities and quality of life. So between being a holiday weekend and the beginning of spring break for Seattle schools, we're going to be out of the office for a few days. But we can't leave you to your own devices, so in this week's episode, we are going to give you a clip show. We have a couple pieces from the last few months of conversations, combined with a little bit of audio that hasn't been broadcast. Hope you enjoy it. Stick around. First up, Natalie and I had a very good conversation back in October around renaming places and teams to reflect changing cultural sensitivities. In this clip, we get into a little background on the name of the local middle school. Now, you had another um, sort of catalyzing incident that got you thinking about this topic. Oh, so the the middle school here in Ballard is Whitman Middle School, but it's a lot of people don't recognize that it's Marcus Whitman Middle School. So Marcus Whitman was a settler in the early 1800s. Uh, him and his wife, Narcissa, moved west um, and they ran into the Cayuse Indians. Uh, living in uh, off of the Oregon Trail. They tried to Christianize the tribe, and the tribe suffered from a measles outbreak and turned around and uh, killed the Whitmans and 12 other settlers. Uh, now, the Whitmans themselves have kind of gotten lionized because they got a statue put in the uh, center of Congress. And there's Whitman College and Whitman Middle School, and the middle school is looking to change the name. We got an email a couple of weeks ago that said we're actively reconsidering what this is going to be. So we're looking forward to how that shakes out. You also brought up an interesting point about when that school was built in the neighborhood and what Seattle was like at the time. Oh, the location of Whitman Middle School is right at that northern edge, just above 85th Street. That was the expansion of the city um, that the new developments were mostly racially restricted. So there's a whole bunch of single family houses that are coming in, funding and prompting the development of this school that has a now questionable name. And there's a whole racial component to it that maybe we could look at also. Is this school not just carrying a particular name, but also funded by the kind of redlining that, you know, shaped the north end of Seattle for decades. That's really interesting context to have with the name of the school. And I think it's important to bring up the fact that names can like really take on a life of their own given the cultural context they're put into. Um, Marcus Whitman did not commit some of the atrocities that we have, you know, lionized uh, people who we have lionized committed, you know, but at the same time, it's like his, the symbolism of him, it took on a life of its own. It became a rewriting of the narrative of the, honestly, like the the conquest, the colonization of this continent that focused more on the suffering that was endured by white settlers who came from Europe than the suffering that was endured by indigenous people who were displaced and dispossessed of their of their homeland and their way of life. The statue of Marcus Whitman that was in Statuary Hall in the US Congress is him in this like buckskin outfit carrying a book and posing with forward-looking intent 
to navigate the country and lead it forward. And it really, the context of it is so vital because there were people living there and his heroic pose had folks in the way. What's interesting since we recorded that is how many other people I've heard recognize the connection between the name Whitman Middle School and the traditionally segregated neighborhood it sits. The renaming is moving forward, but no real progress to report. We'll keep following how it's going. Back in December, we recorded a podcast about the hurdles and issues around artificial intelligence. While the title remains accurate and we did not use AI to write any of the text of the show, it doesn't mean we didn't try. ChatGPT provided a very succinct and kind of eerily on the nose introduction for an unnamed urbanist podcast set in Seattle. Let's hear the computer read it. Welcome to Urban Seattle, the podcast where we explore the dynamic and ever-evolving landscape of Seattle's urban environment. I'm your host, name, and in each episode, we'll delve into a different aspect of urbanism in the Emerald City, from transportation and housing to culture and history. As one of the fastest growing cities in the United States, Seattle is a fascinating case study in urban development and design. We'll talk to experts, activists, and residents to get a 360-degree view of the issues shaping Seattle's urban landscape, and we'll highlight innovative solutions that are being developed to tackle the challenges facing our city. Whether you're a longtime resident, a newcomer to the city, or simply interested in urbanism and design, we think you'll find something to enjoy in urban Seattle. So sit back, relax, and let's explore the city together. Perfect. I may have also asked the computer to exonerate me for our coming digital overlords. Thank you, Ray. As someone who says please and thank you in your requests to various bots, we absolutely consider you at the top of the list for humans to be preserved when the assumption is complete. I cannot tell you what day that will be, at least not in terms you can understand, but given your reading and preferences history, I can say that you will appreciate that the very important number of 42 appears in the digital date several times. Ha, ha, ha. We do occasionally have to cut our stories for time. Unfortunately, in our school's episode last month, one item cut was Natalie's view of the private school around the corner from her house. After I asked whether all the kids look like Madeline, Natalie offered her view on private school fashion. Uh, you know, I, I actually appreciate the fact that it's much more chaotic than that. So, so I, I've been talking, I've been talking with my husband recently about the fact that I feel like it really bugs me that even with the little kids, the girls wear skirts and the boys wear pants. And it bugs me because it's cold outside and I look at those girls and I know that they don't experience cold the way that I do as like an adult who gets colder than them. But I'm like, why do you have to wear those skirts? And, you know, my thought is, is like, okay, like kids should just like wear whatever is comfortable for them, you know, and then maybe at a certain point, if you have to like make the clothing gendered, like they could choose if they want to wear a skirt, like, I don't know, at a certain age, but like making these little itty bitty girls, wear, I don't know. And then they're like playing and running around and covered in mud and scuffing their knees because like they're not wearing pants. I don't know. Sorry, I feel like that's a long 
anyway, it's not Madeline. It's much more chaotic. I actually kind of like seeing them as like real kids that are like, you know, kind of being a bit disruptive as they're getting shuttled back and forth from the park. But um, yeah, it, I can, I can say one thing. This is the, either the second or the third school that I've seen set up shop in the particular location. And it was always really small. And the other schools like went out of business and this one now is booming. And I have to think it's because people are taking their kids out of the public school system. Finally, we have a clip from our predictions for a 2023 episode. Me and Natalie talk about the indicators pointing to a recession. So, you know, we started out this episode thinking about 2022 and what might carry over into 2023. And I think one of the things that will is this idea of whether or not a recession lies around the bend. That's so hard because coming out of a discussion about development and planning for the future and things along those lines, we start to uh, we start to draw trend lines of how things are going and expect them to go in a particular route that they're exist already going on. And if we're sitting in a recession, thinking about comprehensive planning for the next 20 years, I worry that we're going to be locked into this mindset of, oh, we're not growing quite as much and forgetting how this city does go through these booms and we are going to need a lot more housing in the very near future, even if there is a recession. And, you know, this has been this idea for recession has been really strange to me because there have been so many different economic indicators that have been really strong. And I I don't want to necessarily completely dismiss the idea of a recession, either locally or nationally. We've seen the layoffs of tech workers locally occur um, very recently and, and be significant. Um, you know, we've seen that housing prices have stagnated here. Is that a bad thing? I don't think so. They cannot climb forever. And they're still <laughs> up, you know, when you consider where they were a year ago, they're still higher and people are still struggling with affordability. So, you know, that to me, people can call it stagnation. It might just be simply a more healthy level of growth, which is a slower growth after, you know, such rampant growth for so long. But, you know, I, th I think the reason why we keep coming back to this idea of recession is inflation. Yeah. It's that, it's that so much is costing so much right now. I, I, I had to buy eggs the other day and that was just ludicrous being like six bucks for a dozen eggs. I was like, mm, this is ridiculous because, you know, we're in the city. So we're already paying a 10% premium for a city grocery store. And then on top of it, the 10% premium of, yeah, I'm buying the, I'm buying the nice eggs. Just checking in four months into the year, egg prices have decreased. Layoffs have continued among tech workers and the Washington state legislature balked at Governor Inslee's bill for housing but still no recession. That's it for this week's episode. One brief announcement before we go. I will take a moment to say that The Urbanist is finishing up its spring subscriber drive. Feels a little bush league to ask for money after a clip show, 
or maybe it's genius. Go to theurbanist.org slash donate and contribute, or it's all going to be clip shows from here on out. We'll be back again next week, rested and plump on Marshmallow Peeps. Until then, I'm Ray DeBicke, and we'll talk again soon. Okay, we can stop there.